episode of Wesley Union. This is the second episode in our Advent series where we are talking to different clergy people um, about their views on Advent and the candles of the Advent season. Today, I am joined by Jess Williams, who is the executive director and pastor down in the Miami Wesley. I think y'all have a slightly different name than Miami Wesley, but I'll let you actually say that in a minute. Um, but yeah, Jess, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's exciting to be here with you, Sarah, and everyone who is watching um, or listening to this. Um, I'm very honored to, to hang out with you guys today and talk a little bit about Advent and the candle of faith. Yes, I'm so excited to hear all the things you have to say and so excited for you to be here. So please just tell us about yourself. I know you said you could do an hour, but maybe like more like three <laughs> to five minutes sure, is sure, sure. what we want. Yeah. So my name is Jess Williams um, and I am the executive director at um, United Wesley, which is what we call ourselves, um, which serves primarily on the campuses of University of Miami and Florida International University, but is over all of the kind of Miami area um, of campus ministry for the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. Uh, I am 30 years old. I was born and raised kind of in central East Coast, Florida in a town called Melbourne, Melbourne Beach, um, 321. Shout out, Countdown County. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of came into to my faith in, in a different way than a lot of people. I was not really raised in a Christian household, um, but the age of like five and six, kind of some traumatic situations going on. My family um, got me into a VBS at a church that I just felt really comfortable with. And, and I love going to church. And so because I enjoyed it, my family would bring me and I would go to church on Sundays um, or do Sunday school or do youth groups. And then as I grew up and, and ended up going to college, um, I started really kind of struggling just with like, what is the whole purpose of of my life and what I'm doing? And um, I was an athlete and played football um, and in college and all throughout my my life and kind of came to that point where if this was really true, like if, if the Bible is offering this thing that Jesus calls like eternal life or life abundant, like I want to give that a shot. I want to figure out what this is. And so that kind of started me on this big journey and I ended up working as a youth pastor for a few years before going to Duke um, in North Carolina to get my master's of divinity, which I just graduated from uh, last March, um, 2020 shout out graduates who didn't get to actually graduate. I feel you. Um, and then went through the process for um, becoming a, a pastor and going through um, hopefully eventually ordination, um, but getting licensed as a local pastor in the United Methodist church. And here I am. So yeah, kind of a, a, a long, uh, but beautiful story of trying to figure out what, what God's movement is in my life and, and just loving watching it unfold. Beautiful. Wonderful. That's so delightful. And like, kind of like you popped around different places. Like you were in like middle Florida and then you, you know, popped over to, I guess, North Carolina and then down to South Florida. So now you just need to like come to like North Florida. Like where yeah, there you go. Is, That's right. Yeah, well, I, I spent I spent a couple years in Gainesville when I when I was at University of Florida when I played football there, but you know I haven't got to really hang out in Jacksonville, so I'll, I'll have to come visit you guys for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't know some of those things, and I've heard you intro yourself several times, so it just like flares. I guess spice it up every once in a while, you know. Like every if every podcast you see me or every video, you have to learn a little bit more about me. You know, can't keep it the same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, well, I guess we should dive into the like meat of this conversation. Um, so I guess I'll just hit you up with like the leading question. Um, why does Advent matter? And like, 
what is the significance of the liturgical calendar generally to us? Absolutely. This is a great question. Um, and, I, and I think for a lot of us, you know, especially like myself, I, I didn't really come from um, a liturgical perspective, right? Like when I was growing up and a lot of you, if, if you can, even if you grew up in the church, for most of us, like you go to Sunday school, you're in youth groups, like some of us don't even really experience church as young people, even if our parents are kind of faithful to it. And so the whole idea of like the church calendar um, in Advent in these seasons, like it, it goes over our heads. And I, and I know that was true for me for so long. And, and I think one of the things is that um, the, the big question, like why does Advent matter? Well, Advent matters because Advent is a time in every year where the church is kind of helping us to view and to see or almost to give us a lens through which to, to work in, and grow in our relationship and our faith, right? And so the, the whole, the way the church does this overall, right, is through all kinds of ministries and interactions. Um, but one of the things is like, we all believe that like this Bible, right, is the, is the word of God, that it has all these beautiful stories in it. It has so much. And if we're honest with ourselves, right, this is a lot. This is a really big book. There is so much in here. And, you know, there are people who always talk about like reading the Bible in a year and, you know, reading like for 10 to 15 minutes at a time or, or, or doing whatever. And there's just so much to cover. And then for us as clergy members or, or for people who are leaders in the church, like we're trying to preach and teach, you know, the gospel, the story of God throughout time. And when we're doing that, that can be kind of overwhelming. Like what scriptures do you use? Where do you go? And so, so the whole idea of the liturgical calendar is that a lot of people who love God, who are strong Christians and believers, they got together and, and they, they debated and they argued and they prayed and, and they sought after like, what are some of the most important stories in the Bible that we feel like if you went to church every single Sunday for multiple years, like you would need to know like what, what are some of the big highlights and and they created this kind of calendar and if most of us um if you use like the literature uh, lectionary it's it's a three-year course that goes through these seasons of the year um and it shares these stories and so the whole point of it is that it helps you see the Bible, understand like this kind of grand narrative that God is relaying to us. And so it begins in the church year with Advent. Advent is the very beginning of the Christian calendar, um, which throws us off, right? Because for us, we all think, oh, January 1st, New Year's Eve. But reality, like Advent for the Christians is for us as Christian people, like that's where we begin. And the crazy and cool thing about Advent is Advent, although it is before Christmas, is not just like this season of preparation for, for Christmas, for Jesus's like incarnation, but it's actually this constant preparation for the hope and the joy and the peace that we have that Jesus is coming again, right? And, and which is why so many of our Advent readings actually talk about like the end of times, and one of my favorite like quotes about Advent in general comes from actually this book, um, which is a great read, which is called Christ's Time for the Church by Lawrence Holstoke. Um, it's a book that I'm I'm reading actually for my ordination. And he talks about, you know, church calendar and why certain things. And he says one of the things about Advent is that as Christian people, we begin with the end. Right. Understanding that like there is this story that we believe and hold an orthodox view that like 
Jesus and God is coming again, that there is going to be justice that flows out, that God is going to set things right, that the kingdom of God is ultimately the ending, right? And, and, and so Advent is this season for us where we're preparing ourselves, where we're focusing on like the promises that God has given us throughout the Bible, the understanding that Jesus has come, that love is brought into the world, and that love is going to come and reign again. And so like this, this idea of the entire church calendar is to help us to see the bigger picture, to understand that God from Genesis to Revelation is unfolding this beautiful story, right? And that we go through these liturgical seasons and we have Advent and Christmas and ordinary time and Lent and Easter. And, and we have this movement that God brings us through every single year, but ultimately reminding ourselves that we are also on a journey with God that we begin in this preparation as, as we see and trust that God is faithful in the past, that God was faithful in sending of Jesus and that God is going to be faithful to us again. Like that's our hope and that's our faith. Like we'll talk about later. Um, and, and so Advent is a really important time because it allows us to recenter ourselves, to prepare our hearts for, for what God's doing, for what God has done. And there's this tension of holding new beginnings and endings together and seeing that in God's eyes, like, we're never done, right? We're on this journey. Like the end is not the end, right? And that's, that's ultimately the Christian hope that there is, there is no end that, but God is so faithful and so loving and so just that the end is actually the most beautiful aspect of being with God forever. And, and that's like the whole grand narrative that we believe in. And so for me, that's why Advent matters. Advent matters because it reminds us those core truths that sometimes, especially when life is hard, that we forget. Right? That God is faithful, that God is there, that there that there is a, a, a reason and a meaning to the, the whole trajectory of human history, that God didn't just hang out with us in Genesis and Exodus and do these things because he wanted to be cool or wanted us to like him, but that God is actually on this grand story and he's bringing about this redemption, this justice, this hope, this peace, this love, this joy. Um, and, and that's what we're, we're leaning into in this season. Oh my gosh, Jess. That was so good. So much. My brain is like, mm. I don't know how to communicate what this is, like to people who are just listening, but basically my brain is like in 7,000 directions. <laughs> Jess just hit so many incredible, interesting like points. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love you talking about Advent being the centering thing and this like opportunity to reflect on our journeys, like in the whole liturgical calendar being that and this sort of moment for us all to like remember what God has done and God is doing and like bringing the future and the past into the present and colliding in this like explosion of a moment and I mean I think like you're talking about <laughs> whenever the the lectionary was coming together right and these people got into them and they argued and debated and they prayed and I think that's like what we do as a church during this time too some and like yeah. throughout church life we sit and we argue and we debate and we pray and we go I don't like that I don't like that how can we exist together as the body of Christ how can we become be in communion with like the saints and how can we all sit at this table and reflect on the goodness of God and the story of scripture. Right. And like Advent is just like you were saying, such a centering time for all of those things to come together. And oh my gosh, <laughs> Jess, I, oh, it's so good, man. Amen. Absolutely. And that's kind of the cool thing too. Like, and this is one of the reasons why like personal study of the Bible is so important because 
when you and I, and like, you know, whoever's listening to this, if, if we all had to decide like, well, Hey, there's 52 Sundays, you know, in, in the year, like what 52 passages are we going to read the Bible? Like, we're going to miss a lot of stuff, but like, we're, we're going to hit some of the important things. And so this is why like the lectionary is a beautiful tool, but of course it, it also has its issues. And so that's the, the whole point of like, there's this grand narrative that we're trying to convey. And it's, it's almost like it's supposed to to wet your palate. It's supposed to like be a teaser to be like, wow, like that's such a cool story. Or like, oh, man, like the story of Jonah or, or this aspect of Jesus, you know, with these people, like, I, I want to know more about that. Like I need to read more because there's, there's so much more in the Bible for us to see. And there's so much more that God's trying to reveal to us. And it's kind of like, we have to come together and bring like, what is it is that God and the Holy spirit are doing in my life, in your life. And we turn that over to Jesus. We lay it at, at God's feet and God's like, yeah, like, Hey, this is like, this beautiful kind of conglomerate that we're making and it's called the kingdom of God and the Holy spirit's in it. And we're going somewhere together and we may not understand it or see it, but like, we're going to get there. And so that's kind of like, I think is so cool is just being able to uh, see that and, and dive into it in different places and be like, yeah, like, you know what? I don't understand everything. We don't, we not like certain things or I don't like this, or I don't, I don't get this, but we, we all believe like, Hey, well, God's here. God's with us in this. And like, he's, he's been with us throughout time. Like the church fathers and, and mothers have, have prayed over these things. They set stuff up and, and we're going to like lean into that. And maybe like through something that we don't understand, the Holy spirit will reveal to us like this beautiful truth and this beautiful life that we want to live. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just, I know, it gets me excited. It's, it's those cool things where like stuff I never realized as a kid. Now it's like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> like who cares? Yeah calendars and now it's like wow calendars have so much like important aspects in them <laughs> yeah yeah and i think one thing you sort of touched on there is like i think the the lectionary invites us to wrestle with scripture mm. in a very unique and beautiful way and i as someone who didn't grow up with the lectionary and the liturgical calendar like it's something i've loved getting to dive into the last four years i guess um and it's it's so incredible to be a part of like this bigger tradition and be able to wrestle together and like wrestle and come to different conclusions as well. Right. Um, I think that's so, so, so wonderful. One thing Haley was talking about in our, Haley is who I interviewed for the previous episode um, on hope and that came out. There's some project called like project year D where like other people are wrestling with what scriptures should be in the lectionary. And it's like a fourth year Right. the lectionary text which is interesting because we're still like having these conversations and moments and there are still like Absolutely. fathers and mothers and like leaders in the church being raised up and wrestling with what should we be talking about on any given sunday for right. three four years absolutely like, yeah and that's kind of the thing like especially for us you know in the methodist tradition like we believe strongly in the holy spirit holy spirit is live and active and like god is still working and so mm-hmm. in that like you know, the lectionary is a beautiful thing, but, but of course it, it's still a creation that we've made, you know, through prayer and through like believing, you know, that God is with us, but it's, it's constantly, you know, has room for improvement and change. Because if you only read the scriptures from the lectionary, you would get a lot of beautiful things and, and everything you need for sure, but you're missing out on so much. Right. And God is always wanting us to get more and to do more. And so I think that's awesome. You know, and I haven't heard of that, but I'll have to look that up for sure. Yeah, I just learned about it a week ago, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. That's part of what's wonderful, I think, about this particular series of um, interviews and conversations we're having is that I think it's going to provide a wealth of information from different perspectives and different people yeah. for 
deeper diving into personal journeys with the lectionary and the liturgical calendar and the Bible and God and right. all those good things. Yeah. And the one thing I'd say too, I think for anyone who's listening to this, who their church doesn't do lectionary or like, you know, their, their, their sermon series, whatever, like there's nothing wrong with that either. I think there, there's something that's really beautiful about the fact that even if you go to a church who doesn't do lectionary, you know, to, to preach from or to do their sermons, like they are being very thought they're doing the same exact process, just like with their staff, with their people, with their pastors. And, and, and so it's, there's just a way of engaging. And I think that it's always awesome to invite, to be invited or to dive into it. It's like, if you go to a church that doesn't check out the lectionary, like take some time, you know, check out some of the scriptures and, and see what, what other traditions are doing. And if you're someone who only does lectionary, like, Hey, maybe look and see like what, what are some of the, the non-anonymous churches or whatever? Like what, what are they reading about for these weeks? Because for me, it's always really cool to see how the Holy Spirit is moving in the people around us, you know, because mm -hmm. I truly believe that like God is at work, you know, and, and, and we can't stop it. And that's kind of like the hope that we, that we step into is in the season, especially as we're preparing ourselves is like, where is God present? What is God doing? What has God done? What can we trust God to do in the future? And, and that's a, a, a beautiful, but sometimes also scary thing <laughs> being able to be yeah. like, I don't see it, but, but I'm trusting in it or I have faith in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I, cause one of my things I'll hear people be like, well, God spoke and said this, or God has spoken. And I'm like, yeah, but what is God saying now? Cause God is still speaking. And what is the Holy spirit saying that like, there's this tension we have to hold between, you know, what has been said and what is being spoken and discernment and all these things. But it's so fascinating to be able to look at different traditions and whether they're following the lectionary and like if they're picking specific texts in the lectionary or trying to cover them all somehow right. or what one specific church may feel led to specifically dive into that may have nothing to do with the lectionary, you know, right, right. now. Like, and it's, it's just so beautiful to the breadth and depth of the kingdom of God on earth, like in the right. family of Jesus. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Yeah. So on a, on a personal note for Advent, like what does Advent mean to you personally? Like what is the personal significance? Absolutely. Okay. So I guess I'd have to start with the fact of like Advent was always a special time for me because growing up, it was like the most beautiful time of the church. And so I, I didn't really, wasn't super involved in church as a kid with my family. Um, my mother was probably the, the one person who was the most faithful in attendance or, or coming with me. And, and the cool thing about Advent was everyone at church, like, was getting more excited about being at church. You know, and like you had people showing up, you had all these things happening. And so from this personal level, like at first, when my, my earliest experience of Advent was more of just like, it was a happier time. And, and there was something that was important about that for my childhood, um, especially in, in rougher times, you know, when things were really hard with my family or with my life. And um, when I was in, uh, you know, young teens and, and getting into like middle of high school, like Advent was always this time where it's like, no matter what was kind of going on for me, like the, the, the lighting of the candles, the, the getting ready for Christmas to come, like you know, this idea that there was like a hope and that there was like, you know, joy and peace or, or faith and love to, to be held or to be seen was like such an important reminder because it's so easy to lose those things, you know? And I was someone who struggled with depression and I struggled with accepting myself. And, and for me, the, the time of Advent, you know, especially as I started like actually reading the Bible for myself and talking to pastors and, and talking to people, 
was an, a, an opportunity for me, almost like from the, the church's perspective of this new beginning, right? Like as you step into the first week of Advent, it's a new Christian year, you know, and like everyone always talks about resolutions on January 1st and like being new me, you know, new year, new me, all this kind of stuff. And, and stepping into that, like, yeah, like, you know, that's awesome. Like it, it's great to step into newness or to, to feel like you have an, an opportunity to change you know, something about yourself or something that you want to be doing, or, you know, it doesn't, it's not always removing negatives. Sometimes it's, it's adding positives. And the one thing is like, we are able to do that at any point. Like any one of us can, can step into doing something new, doing something we want to do or, or stopping something we don't want to do. But the thing about Advent is that Advent invited me to take time to actually think and pray and, and be reminded about who God was, what God has done and is doing in order for me to then think about what it is that I want to do. You know, like the season of preparation that people always kind of talk about. And I think it almost has become like, it's almost like a little bit of a, of a cliche now, like, Oh, Advent is a season of preparation. We're preparing for Jesus to come. And yeah, we're preparing for Jesus to come. Like, first off, not just as a baby in Christmas, but also for Jesus to return, like I talked about earlier, but it's also a time of preparing ourselves. Like we're preparing, you know, to, to take in this, this promise that God has fulfilled in us, that there is going to be justice, that there's going to be a peace and a joy and that, you know, we, we're called to have faith or and to step into our faiths. And, and so for me, like the importance of Advent has always been like, those moments where life has seemed crazy, school's coming to an end, like finals, whatever, Christmas and you know, family dramas and, and all those things were happening. It was an invitation for me to pause, to think, to pray, and, and to try to center myself on these ideas. Like, am I actually, do I feel peaceful? Like, why not? Like, what what's going on in my life that like, I'm not feeling the peace that, that's around me. And, and sometimes those things were out of my control. But I, what I often found for me in Advent was I hadn't even been thinking about any of it. Like I hadn't actually been taking seriously, like, do I have hope in something right now? Like, what am I hoping in? Like, do I have a hope in Jesus for some reason? Why or why not? Like, you know, do, do I, do I feel faith? Like I have faith right now. Like, do, do I feel like I can trust God? And it's important, I think, for all of us to understand, like God welcomes those questions. God is not afraid of you to be like, I don't know, like, if I really have hope in Jesus, like, like right now, I'm not feeling that because guess what? Like, whether or not, like we're feeling whatever, like God is, is, we believe that God is bigger than that, that God is there for it, that God loves you, that God meets you where you are. Like the reason we believe that Jesus incarnates into our world is because it's not about us having to perfect ourselves to go stand where God is, but God's like, Hey, where you're at, like, I'm going to come and be with you. Like if you're struggling, if you don't feel at peace, if you don't feel like you have faith, if you feel like life is so hard and beating you down, like that you need a complete new start, I'm here to offer that to you. I'm here to offer you that love, that joy. And in Advent, when it's done at its best, is a time for us to be reminded of how God has been faithful throughout the stories of scripture, all the to the point of sending Jesus but then to be reminded that God is still being that faithful person, that God is still coming. The Holy Spirit is still present, that, that this dissension that God has given us in, in this promise of 
community is still at our fingertips, that the kingdom of God is, is near and it's here and it's coming in fullness. And when we can take time to pause to be honest about what we're feeling. And, and for me to be honest about what I'm struggling with, what I'm joyful about, what I'm hopeful about, what I'm what I'm at peace about, what I'm, what I'm not in those things. Advent becomes a season where I truly can prepare myself for this gift that God has given us, for this promise that God is fulfilling in us. Um, and that's what it's always meant to me. It's trying to take it seriously about where am I at? What is God doing? What has God said? And am, am I really feeling what God's saying? Like, do, do I actually believe it? Do I need to spend some time in prayer and, and reading the Bible and talking to mentors or friends because like this is a bad season for me? Or am I actually in a good place and I can lean into what God's doing and, and, and lean into something new? And so that is, is what it's meant to me. And I hope that for some of you, at least, um, that is what it can mean for you sometimes because I think it can be really awesome to see that God's not afraid. God, God isn't there to, to yell at you if you're not doing Advent perfectly or the way that other people say you should. God is actually there for you to prepare and to become who you're becoming through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the love of Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, I think that, that that's, I, I could go on forever. So I'm going to pause it there. <laughs> that was so beautiful and holy and sacred. I'm so grateful for you, like sharing bits of your story and how Advent has come to mean so much to you with all of us. Um, I want to give us all a second to breathe on all of that because that was just really like heartfelt, beautiful. So we're going to take a quick <laughs> break and then we're going to dive back in um, to the second half of this. Absolutely. Studio Wesley is sponsored by Campus to City Wesley a ministry of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. During this holiday season, Campus to City Wesley is engaging in their year-end giving campaign. This year, we are inspired by the words of Jeremiah 29, as we have seen God building up a ministry that goes beyond our plans, leveraging online spaces to prosper our ministry even in the midst of a pandemic. If you would like to support the work we are doing here at Studio Wesley, consider donating to Campus to City Wesley by visiting campusthecity.org slash YEG2020. All right, everyone, we are back for the second half of the Faith Campbell Wesley Union episode. Yay! Um, Jeff gave us a lovely reflection on his feelings about Advent and how it means to him right before the break, but now we are going to dive into the faith candle specifically because that is what we are talking about today. Um, so Jeff, to the best of your knowledge, tell us what the story and reason for the faith candle is and why it matters. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think I want to start kind of um, a lot of you out there, um, even if you grew up in church, you probably like don't really know much about the advent candles or the advent wreaths or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of different information out there. I actually, I was like, I tried to like watch a couple of different YouTube videos. Like, oh, you know what? I want to see like what some other people are saying about this based off of like, you know, what I've read from, from different books. 
Um, and, and there's so many different stories and, and, and thoughts and ideas. But one of the things that kind of came up a lot was like Advent Reese in general, um, kind of, it didn't really start in the church. Then it started like in Northern Europe and it was a practice that Christians did in their homes. And so they, and that's why you have like evergreen leaves are part of like the Advent wreath because like that's the trees that are kind of around Northern Europe and where they're doing it. And, and there's so many like, there's a long history of what happened. Like they had the wreaths, they would do candles. Um, at first they were like just straight up white candles and red candles. And there's just four of them and, and they would light them each week. And then, you know, over time things had progressed. And so eventually, especially in the Protestant church, you know, we started using like purple candles for, for the, the different weeks. And you'd have, you know, the, the, perf- the three different purple candles or four different ones. And then at some point we ended up taking, in some of your uh, churches, you have like this rose colored candle, which is like a special candle. That's one of the, the three. So you have three purple and one rose and you start getting these names for them. And so you'd have, oh, the first week is hope. And the second is, is faith, or sometimes it's love. The third is joy, or, you know, the fourth is peace. And, and, and people have different traditions. will we'll have different names for the candles and different reasons. Right. And some of you may have purple candles in your advent wreaths. And so one of the things that's cool about Advent and specifically about Advent wreaths and candles is that there are so many different ways this practice exists. And one of the reasons for that is because it didn't really start as like a Christian communal worship practice. It started as like a personal thing in families that they would do as they met together. And, and it was deeply significant. And, and so one of the things that I tell people all the time is like any church tradition you take that you see, whether it's something that the church has instituted or something that Christians have done at some level, it it communicates this like connection to God, something true about the Bible, something beautiful that people really dove into and and felt God's presence in. And so today, you know, we have Advent wreaths and almost all Protestant churches, they they do candle lightings, they have different names for the different candles, or they have different organizations. Some of them go into like the first two candles is Mary and Joseph, and the second candle is the shepherds and the angels. And so a lot of you listening to this may have heard all kinds of different things about about the candles and, and all of them have validity to them. And and there are reasons why people believe that you can dive into it. And and so for us, you know, this year in the Methodist church, you know, we, we've kind of broken them out in in a way that is very consistent with a lot of other denominations and and probably more um, in line with what people do generally speaking, which is you have the hope candle. And then the second week you have faith. And so the, the faith candle kind of um, is lit on that second week of Advent. And so if you don't know, if you haven't like really seen this, or maybe you have, and it's been so long, like COVID's going on, maybe you're not getting to go to church right now. You know, every week of Advent, someone walks up and they do like a liturgy, a reading, and they light the candle of the week. And so the first week, they only light the first candle. And then the second week, they light the first candle and the second candle. And the importance is that as you go through Advent, there is this progression of light. And as you go through each week, you progressively get more and more light on the wreath, right? More candles are lit. You're, you're gaining this light of the world, right? That we call Jesus, who is coming at Christmas and is coming again in Christian belief, as we've already talked about, you know, at nauseum here. Um, and, and so really one of the most important things about you know, the Advent wreath is that it's a reminder of this progression 
of gaining of, of the life that, that Christ is bringing, right? It's, it's, it's this light that's coming to the world that we're preparing for, that we're, we're diving into. And some of you may have even noticed, like, there's also an aspect of how, you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters who, who, who believe in Hanukkah and celebrate Hanukkah, the lighting of the menorah leaf and, and uh, the menorah candles. And as they go through it and this progression of getting light and, and they have that beautiful story over God's faithfulness and providing for them um, in their time. And for us, it's the same thing. Like we're lighting these candles. We're, we're, we're being present with God. And so the, the story behind why Advent wreaths and Advent candles exist um, has a lot of different kind of tie-ins to our faith and to our belief. Um, but essentially, at some point, people, you know, mothers and fathers and, and the saints who came before us had looked at these candles and decided that these were kind of these four big pillars that they felt like were important enough that they needed whole weeks as we prepare, looking at them to go forward with, right? And so you have hope, you have faith, you have joy, and you have peace. And the crazy thing is, as we're going through the lectionary, if you are a church who goes through lectionary, the last few weeks before Advent are really dealing with the end of times, right? There's a lot of like prophets who are talking about, you know, final judgment. There's a lot of, you know, Jesus talking about the kingdom of God is here now. He's, he's you know, getting ready. He's, he's an adult man preaching about the kingdom of God. And then we step into Advent. And so, you know, as you've already talked with Hope, and I, I encourage you guys, if you haven't watched uh, that other podcast episode or that listen to it or seen the video, like you should totally go check it out. I'm sure it was great. I haven't got to see it yet. Um, but we were progressing through these. And so today we're talking about the, the candle of faith. And so the, the reason for this candle of faith, right. And, and most of us probably, it may seem same to you, like faith is a really important word <laughs> in Christianity. Um, and, and faith represents a lot of different things. And so as we're, we're talking about the significance of faith, it's not just, right, the faith that we have in God, which is very core. And it's very important that as, as we're taking time this week to be asking, like I said earlier, the question of like, do I have faith in God? Do I trust God? Do I see what God has done? But, but it's also a reminder to the past of God's faithfulness. Right? That when God introduces God's self constantly in the Old Testament as I am the God of your fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what God's doing, he's saying like, hey, here's my resume. I have been faithful to your ancestors. Trust me because I will be faithful to you as well. And God works on this level of this faithful promise, right? And that's why the Psalms have these beautiful verses that say the steadfast love, right? The faithful, everlasting love of God. And, and, and when we read or when we light this candle of faith, we're thinking back to the faithfulness of who God is, of what God's done, and we're looking forward to the faith that we have that Jesus is coming again, that justice will roll down the rivers, right? That, that people will be set free, that captives will be released, that love and joy and peace will reign. And so the, the importance of this candle is, is can't be understated, in my opinion. It's looking back at how faithful God has been. It's looking at our own lives and looking at where is our faith? Are we putting our faith in God, in the faithfulness of God? Or are we putting it in ourselves or in something else that will fail? And then looking forward to what is the promise that God has for us? 
Um, and so there's a lot more to it, but, but for, for me, I think that kind of hits at the core of that faith candle that as we light that candle, as we reflect on, on who God is, who God has been and who God will be right. This eternity of, of God's faithfulness and that invitation we have to respond to that with our own candle of faith. Oh gosh, that, yeah. So many interesting points there. One thing you said that kind of have stayed with me in your, as you were carrying through the other things was you're talking about how these traditions, you know, which we may seem like what, what's going on here were clearly important and meaningful to people at some point. Right? right. And like, it's something that they got something out of that they felt drew them closer to God and to each other. And I mean, I think that's part of also why we have like different denominations that have emphasis on different spiritual practices, disciplines, like, you know, Pentecostalism, you know, much more into things like speaking in tongues and like that gift of the spirit than, you know, maybe we have nothing more. Um, you know, but that's, it's, it's beautiful to see that history of Christianity mm-hmm. and like, yes, God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and like, you know, this, there are moments throughout the Bible where God was so present and holy and continually faithful, you know, whenever he addressed uh, Moses in the burning bush, you know, I am the God of your ancestors, immediately remembering all these things, you know, this is holy ground, this is the holy moment where you were communing with me, but also that carries into our church today, right? Like God was faithful to people in the early church, whenever they were, you know, Paul and Peter and John. And God is faithful to people like John Wesley and, you know, people who sought to continue the work of the church. Like, this God continually being faithful, yes, in the Bible, but also throughout the history of Christianity, I think, is an interesting moment to consider and how God has been faithful in our own lives. Absolutely. Like, how God is faithful, like you were saying, in the past, the present, and the future. And this we keep going back to the idea of Advent being kind of amalgamation of like all yeah. of the moments, but it, it's there, there's some movie I can't remember what movie, but it's like all the telescope lenses like click in. There's the shot. Oh my gosh! It's I can like picture it happening. Like but it's like all the lenses suddenly click in, and it's like everything comes into focus. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what this kind of feels like when we we'll talk about to, Advent. It's you awesome. know, whoever's editing this video, just find that clip, throw it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> They should talk about like, national treasure where he has like the glasses and everything pops in. That's what I thought of. Probably. I was actually thinking about national treasure last night before I went to bed. I was like, I need to rewatch that. And so that's <laughs> probably why I was floating around in my brain right now. No, I can't. Like... <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's kind of the cool thing, you know, and, and this is like one of the, the cool aspects for me about Christian theology, right. Is like, we believe in a God who is outside of time, but enters into time. And so there is this really important aspect of like the past, the future, and the present are all coinciding in this season because we're thinking back to the past, we're experiencing our present, and we're like leaning into our future, right? And this this whole concept of whatever it is, like whether it's hope, you know, faith, joy, or peace, right? We're kind of bringing those things together to understand who God is and what God's doing and and finding our place as the body of Christ, right? Like you and I, and everyone who's listening to this, like you are the image of God. You are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ. You're invited into this like crazy, like inconceivable 
like in and out of time, like relationship with, with God. And so um, it, it's, it's so crazy because you see things come together. And like you said, like, you know, those lenses pop in and all of a sudden it's like, wow, like God's faithfulness, my situation, my faith, God's promise, like they line up and, and we're on this path. And, you know, we may not be able to see over the horizon, or whatever, but that's why it's faith, right? We're, we're stepping out, you know, we're, we're walking into it. We're, we're leaning into it, even when it, it doesn't always seem clear, when we can't control it, you know, and in today's culture, we spend so much time trying to know things. We want to know everything. We want to control the outcomes. We want to have all the evidence, you know, but there's an aspect of this that like, it is faith for a reason. You know, God has been faithful. God asks you to, to, to lean into your own faith and step out and, and see what happens, you know, and, and that's kind of the adventurous part of this whole journey. Right. And that may scare some people, but that's also the beauty of it. You know, we get to go on an adventure with, with God in, in this, in this life and in this time. And so, so yeah, I think there, there's a lot of cool things about that. Yeah. Yeah. but. Oh. So many things we could say about that. Could, this podcast is going to be so much longer than it's supposed to be. Welcome to our four-hour podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, to try to keep us from being four hours. Oh, I'll move us on to sort of the next segment of this Thank conversation. You. But um, good call. Yeah, you know, gotta make those executive decisions sometimes. <laughs> um, but what? scriptures and Bible stories, and we mentioned this, like touched on it a little bit, come to mind specifically when you think about the faith camp. Well, I know you referenced, you know, the, the conversations about like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob being invoked, but like. Yeah. I mean, there are so many great stories um, in the Bible that, that have to do with faith, right? I mean, like you have the, the whole call of Abraham in, in Genesis, you know, chapter 12. And, and a lot of people who know me, if you know me, like I always tell people all the time, my favorite book in the Bible is Genesis, um, which everyone's always like, what's thank you. Appreciate it. You know, cause like, I, I just think it's so beautiful and there, there's so much foundation. There's so much that God is doing revealing and there's so much to dive into with the Holy spirit and prayer and, and, and discernment and, and you see it played out. But the thing, like one of the reasons why like Abraham is considered the father of the faith is because before anyone knew, like had a relationship with God in a way that we understand it now, right? Like, Abraham was told, met God, a God that Abraham did not know, and was said, hey, like back when he was Abram, hey, leave your family, leave your sense of security, like all of your land, all of your people, your family, like all the ways that you stayed alive back in those days, right? Because like your family and like your group was like your safety, your money, your everything. He's like, hey, leave all of that and go to a place I'm going to show you. Like he doesn't even say like, "Hey, go to this place." Abraham literally just goes out. I was like, "All right," and and but this is the thing. He says, "Go to a place I'll show you, and I will make you a father of many nations." Right? This idea, like he's going for a promise. Right? He's he's stepping out into that faith. And and the crazy thing about Genesis is like everyone's like, "Wow, it's so great," but then if you read the very next paragraph, it's like, and then Abraham completely feared for his life and pretended like his wife was his sister and like did all these problematic things because. He had faith, but he was also terrified and didn't always live into his faith the way that God wished he probably would have. And so that's kind of the journey that we we get to go on as people, right? In this, this faithfulness is God is calling us into a relationship, into a journey with God. And we don't always see where it's going to go. But unlike Abraham, we have that advantage of getting to look back 
on all of these stories. And, and if we believe that they're true, if we read through them and they survive time, they share of stories of God's faithfulness. And so the, the candle of faith reminds us that, yes, you are, you are being invited on a journey with God, just like Abram was, but you're being invited with the asterisk of this is what I've done. This is who I've been. This is, I am the person who brought, you know, the Israelites out of Egypt. I am the God, you know, who created the heavens and the earth. I am the God who sent Jonah to Nineveh when no one else thought Nineveh deserved to have someone go to them. Like I am that God who has been faithful to them and I will be faithful to you. Will you go on this journey with me? And so there's so many different verses, but I think, you know, since we've been talking about lectionary, one of the cool ones for me that I think people don't always understand um, in Matthew three, one through 12, which I'm pretty sure is um, if you know the lectionary, there's three years and they name them very, you know, intelligently just a b and c so you have year a year b year c in year a the the reading from matthew 3 um is matthew 3 1 through 12 and it's the story of john the baptist in the wilderness talking um and at the end of that he is sitting there calling out to the people i baptize you with water for repentance but one who is more powerful than i is coming after me I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that verse right there is so important because it is this kind of thing that we talked about of John is out there preparing the way of the Lord. He's reminding the people of who God is, what God's called them to, and to repent, to prepare themselves for this better person this more worthy individual who we know to be Jesus. And as we step into this aspect of faith, it's like, it's the faith that the God who did all of these wonderful things throughout time now is being incarnated with us in the past, right? That Jesus came, was born and lived the life that we understand that walked the trials and walked through the pain and the sufferings and the hardships that we dealt with. And because of God's faithfulness in all of that, that we get to read about, God says, I'm going to come back and I'm coming back for you and for the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son and, and that Jesus is actually promising his presence to be with us forever on his return, right? Like in this, this whole grand idea of, of heaven, the, the resurrection at the end of time where, where the new heaven and the new earth comes into existence and the kingdom of God is felt in fullness, and, and for me, that verse is so important because we are living in that experience of, hey, Jesus has come, but yet we're still in this weird, but it's not fully done yet, right? The Holy Spirit is with us. And, and often, you know, people like to, like, you know, Francis Chan wrote a very famous book called The Forgotten God, because we sometimes forget about the Holy Spirit's presence with us and, and what that really means that like, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, you know, lives in us and is with us. And part of that is because God has faithful or God is faithful to us as God's people, as God's creation, right? And that, that Jesus represents this person who is coming, who is baptizing, right? With fire, with power, with love, with peace, with joy, with all of this like intensity and fullness and that God did that in the past, but yet God is still doing it through the Holy spirit with us in the hopes and the understanding that 
God is coming to set it all right. And at the end of the days, at the end of time, all things will be made right, that justice will prevail, that redemption will be found, that pain will cease, that every teary eye will be wiped clean, and that love and joy and all of the beautiful aspects that we believe and hope for will actually be the norm and the only reality that we see. And, and that's what the faith candle is all about. It's about looking to the past. It's about looking to the faithfulness of who God is. It's about questioning and, and, and wrestling with our faith in the moment and leaning into that promise that God has given us. Say, God, you have been faithful in the past. We want to trust your, your promise of your return of this beautiful image of the, the returning of God, of you know, justice rolling out, of, of peace being found. And, and we want to lean into that with our own faith, strengthen our flame of faith. And as we light this candle and we join with all the saints who have who've gone before us, with all of us who are currently together and with all who are yet to come, build up our faith, Holy Spirit, so that we can see the goodness of you, Jesus. Right. And, and, and for me, like that's that aspect of, of being a John the Baptist, preparing the way, doing your part, but understanding that there is better to come and having faith in that better, even when we don't see it and we don't understand it, or we don't necessarily maybe even think it could happen, right? Leaning in, choosing to dive into that faith, leaning into what God's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, one thing that's like particularly relevant to I think the audience that's going to hear this is we were talking about and it's leaning in to the unknown and the doubts and like where God's taking you and like all of that. I think a lot of times when you're young and you're in college and you're like, you're, you're trying to pick a major, figure out if your major's right. Or do you do grad school? Do you go straight into, you know, the workforce? Like, what do you do? Like, what are you supposed to? It's a very unknown thing. Right. And I think leaning into like whatever your faith is like and whatever you feel God calling you to, like, even if it's, it's weird, you don't really know. And your parents are kind of like, you know, you mean you don't have a clear answer. Like there is this beauty of just leaning in, even if you're scared and you backtrack some like Abraham did, like the faith God is asking you to have. Right. Like I think Advent and this candle is a really good moment to reflect on that. Right. And like, as a personal note, like, right. And, and that's why the, the stories of the Bible are so important because God meets us in our faith, right? Like God meets, you know, Ezekiel in the Valley of dry bones. God meets Abram in the fields in the wilderness. God meets, you know, the people of Egypt, you know, the, the Israelites who are, who are trapped in Egypt. Like it's the little bits of faith that God asks us to call into, but God's faithfulness is what is the overwhelming power right? That it's not, it's not left up to just us alone, but that God is so great and so loving that God's faithfulness is like this giant tidal wave that's coming at us. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. there for us to, to jump into, you know, and, and to mm-hmm. trust and just like in a tidal wave, like you can't really control what's going to happen to you and you have to just let the water take you in this the kind yeah. of like this life that we, that we live into. And it's, and it's hard. You know, but but there's an aspect of it of of leaning in. Like, are we going to trust that that God is bringing us to something more beautiful than we're currently experiencing? And that's the invitation. Yeah, really makes me think of like Joseph and like him being sold, and then him being a slave, and then him like becoming like a leader, but then getting put in prison, and then becoming like even greater a leader, and then his brothers are coming to him. You know, there's this whole 
journey that probably didn't didn't make a lot of sense. You're like, God, where is your faithfulness? I'm not sure where my faith is with you, but like, absolutely, yeah, your whole really reminded me of that story. Yeah, and then also you have like uh, King David too is a, is a big one where it's like he's at a, as a young child, right, who's still a a shepherd, told he's going to be the next king of Israel, and then literally for the next you know let's even say conservatively like. 10 to 15 years, he just spends his life hiding in caves, running away, having to prove his worth, being chased down by Saul. Like it's the exact opposite of what you would expect. Someone who's like, you're going to be the next King. God has chosen you to be King. Well, his life did not really lead up to that right away. You know, what he was being told by God was not what he was experiencing. And how often is that where we find ourselves, you know, and, and are just like Joseph, like, are you Joseph and David had to make those choices? Are they going to lean into the faithfulness of God? Are they going to do what they believe is right? Or are they going to be overwhelmed by that? And, and, and of course they had their moments and, and so do we, right? But the, the story is like, God allows us to, to be and to, to understand and to trust in who God is, right? And that God isn't afraid of, of our doubts or of our struggles, right? But God is also ushering us and inviting us into taking those next steps, having a little bit more faith than we used to, or, or leaning into it a little bit more, even though we don't see it, you know, and, and seeing what happens in that story, you know, just like Joseph had to, had to eventually become this high up in Egypt and David ultimately became King. Like we don't know where the end of our story is, but we know that God has promised to be faithful, that other people have seen God's faithfulness and have told us about it, that they have testimonies about it. And they claim that we could have it too. And so we have to figure out, you know, where are we going to stand with that? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Where, where is God? You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you've touched on this, I think a good bit throughout this conversation, but how, how does the faith candle, I guess, then carry us and center us in this overarching story of scripture, which we, we did just touch on a good bit. And then how is the candle significant to the church and society today? Like, Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think um, th- that first part of, the, of of that question, I think we talked quite a bit, like, you know, it, it's this centering moment, like just like all of the, the, the aspects of Advent, okay. it's an opportunity for us, like just like it, it was for me, you know, this is very personal, but it's an opportunity for us to look at what God's done, look at where we're at, what's going on. And, and see that invitation that God has for us. Are we stepping into our faith? Are we trusting in the faithfulness of who God is, the promise of Jesus's return and, and what that means that Christmas isn't just about Jesus's birth, but it's also about Jesus's second coming. Um, but then the, the, that, so that second question, you know, how is this candle significant? I think you said to the church and to society today, that is such a key question. Um, because if we truly believe that we are the body of Christ, if we truly believe that, that we are Christian people who bear God's image, like that we actually represent God everywhere that we go, like 2020 is a crazy time. You know, Christmas and COVID and the pandemic, like it's it's not easy for so many people. And, and there are so many of us who have significant losses this year, whether, you know, it's something like a job or it's like incomes or it's financial stability, all the way up to like loved ones. and and deeply important relationships that have been lost. It's some dreams even of some of my friends have, have seemed to fallen away because of the hardships of the year. And, and that is the tension. That is the hardship because what the candle of faith, especially invites us to is to take an honest look at 
the the junk, the hardship, the problems that we have in our lives. Like candles illuminate things, right? They don't cover things up, right? So it's not about like acting like hardships aren't happening. It's not about acting like life isn't difficult in 2020. It's not about, it's actually holding up this candle, lighting it and, and seeing it for what it is and inviting God into it. Say, like, God, you've been faithful to all of these people in the Bible. You, you have these promises about a future that is beautiful and good and, and just, you know, where, where people actually find freedom and redemption. But yet this is what I'm seeing. Like this, you know, losing my job, losing family members, these, these hardships, like what do I do with this? And, and that's, that's the difficulty. And, and that's, that's the reality is that God is inviting us to light that candle and, and to turn over those hardships at God's feet, because ultimately we can't control so many of them. We can't, we can't act like they don't exist, especially, you know, God forbid we do it to other people, try to diminish their hardships, but to actually be like, God, like we hate this, this sucks. Like this is what we're experiencing, but yet you claim that like, you're for us and that, that there is a, a, a hope and a future that we see and God, our faith, you know, maybe our faith is struggling and, and we invite God to meet us at that struggle. And so the way that I think for us in, in the church specifically, as, as we move forward in the season is to understand that the, the light that comes from the candle of hope, I mean, from the candle of faith is meant to illuminate things so that we can bring it to God's feet say, God, you have been faithful my faith is here. It's waning. Or it's, it's, it's increasing wherever it is that you are being honest with that and saying, God, like, this is the reality that I'm seeing. This is the, what the candle is, is, is offering the light that's coming from you. But I, and I need more of it. Like God, I, I want to step into a deeper trust or God, I don't know what to do with this and I'm tired of it. And I'm, I'm worn out, Wh- whatever it is, just like so many people in the Bible, the psalmist, especially just throw things at God's feet, you know, and this is that season where we take an actual honest look, we're preparing the way for the Lord. And that means in our own hearts, we need to prepare ourselves and be like, God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is why I'm having a hard time believing in you. This is what's taking my faith away. This is where I have issues and putting that at Jesus's feet and then allowing the Holy spirit to do the Holy spirit's work. Right. Cause ultimately it's, it's not something that we're called to do, right? We're, we're not called to solve every problem of every person. We're not called to diminish or act like things aren't there. We're called to, to throw it at, at God and say, God, like, this is where I'm at. This is the faith that I have. And, and I need, I need you to meet me here in the trust that the faithfulness that we read throughout the Bible, that sometimes took months to years to be felt and to be seen is still there that God is still faithful. And that even though this season may be incredibly difficult and it may be over overwhelming at times, God's there for you. That God's love first and foremost fills this world around us, that God desires you to see and to fail and to taste the goodness of God, that the kingdom is at hand, that Jesus is coming back. And because of that, we, we put this at Jesus' feet. We hold up our candle of faith and say, God, I'm going to choose to trust you in this. Even though I don't know where it's going, I don't know what's going on. I I still have so many struggles or doubts or hardships and seeing what God does in that. And so for me, I think that that that's the way that this candle is significant for us is it's a reminder that faith isn't just this 
end all be all thing. It's not this thing that just fixes all of our problems, but it's actually a journeying with God where we have to actually be honest and, and throw it at Jesus' feet and, and be angry or be sad or whatever it is that we're feeling, be honest with, with where we're at in life and hold our candle with however small or however big that, that light is for us of faith right now and say, God, you've been faithful. I don't know if I'm feeling it or maybe I am feeling it. And I just want more of this faith. Meet me where I'm at and see where God takes us in that. And as a society, you know, it, it's, it's that reminder. Like we all need hope in a time like this. We all need to have faith in something. And, and the beauty that Jesus offers us is that this relationship with God is not just this God who creates everything and is, is far away, but it's a God who comes and dwells with us. That the Holy Spirit who is here with us now is, is a relational commitment to one another, that God's love and care for us, his faithfulness to us allows us to step each day a little bit farther down the path to see what it is that God's doing in the hopes that the promise of the second coming of the justice and all the things that we've already said, the joy and the peace that will roll down like rivers, that it's coming. That when Isaiah preached and, and proclaimed in his text that the righteousness of God will, will overwhelm and rule the earth, like that's actually going to happen. And, and that's where we're at. We're standing in, in the midst. We're standing in the moment of time, in the present, looking back at the past, declaring its truth and looking at the future and saying, and we believe it will happen again, right? Come full, full circle, full fruition in that, that, that Jesus will meet us. And so... I think that as we kind of close this and, and, and share that, that's the, the hope to be honest with where you're at, to be standing in that moment, to admit and look back at the past and that Jesus came, that the incarnation of Jesus, that the promises of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the words of God, the relationships of the saints and the people who've gone before us, that it all points to the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of God. And as we stand here with whatever faith we have, that we look forward to that second coming, to that promise of, of a new kingdom, a new heaven, a new earth, the kingdom of God in its fullness. And we lean into it. We have faith in it. And, and it's not just blindly, you know, for no reason, but it, it's based off of this testimonies and the stories and the tradition that the church has given us through the season of Advent. Mm. That's so good. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to leave it there. Oh my gosh. Jess, thank you so much. That was, it's been a beautiful conversation. You've said so many incredible things and I'm so, I've been so blessed by it and I just hope everyone who listens or watches this will be blessed by it. And yeah. So thank y'all well, so much. It was thank definitely so a blessing. Thank you No, I was just saying thank you so much for being here. Like I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. I appreciate uh, being, being asked to be a part of it. It was, it was a beautiful time. And I pray that everyone who is listening to this or going through it, that you have a wonderful season of Advent and that you know that God is with you um, and that there is a faith to behold, like, like God is, is past, present, and future all in one. And that Jesus is here and is coming, um, coming yet again. So yeah, thank you very much, Sarah. I appreciate you and I appreciate everyone listening. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks for everyone for listening to Wesley Union this week. Tune in next week when we talk about uh, the candle of joy. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wesley Union. We hope you enjoyed it. 
We would like to extend a special thanks to today's speaker, as well as our production team, Troy Argon Buchanan, Sarah Taylor, and Derek Scott III. My name is Allison Corwin, and thank you for listening to Wesley Union, a Studio Wesley offering powered by Campus to City Wesley.